You are listening to the Walk After Falling podcast. I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just walking, no falling. Yeah, I'm just crawling, no stalling. Yeah, I'm just balling, not falling. Yeah, it's my show, Walk After Falling. Here we go with the flow on the Monday show. Ready to let you know. Here we go. No, seriously. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Happy Monday. We have a very special episode today. Special. We always say that, but this is our second in-person guest and we are so excited to just hear the story and yeah just share and talk and I feel like which I forgot which button it was oh no there we go second in-person guest (laughs) (laughs) I gotta remember that oh my gosh (laughs) but yeah so Lil thanks for being here uh I know she's like wait (laughs) um introduce yourself introduce yourself (laughs) yourself yourself Share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how this COVID season, this 2020 year has been for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Lily, and um, I, what am I sharing? Who you are, what you do, (laughs) just about yourself. Let's just do this. Lily, how was yoga class? Because we'll start there. Well, there there we go. Lily's a yoga teacher. Yes, I am. Start there. Um, Well, my yoga class was great. It was was, um, really nice. There were about six people. Um, so it was, it was really, um, 90 minutes. So it got really hot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I'm a yoga teacher. Yes. Yoga teacher is definitely, um, a side hustle. My, my main hustle right now is, is to nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also a grad student right now. So I'm nannying, um, to kind of, um, you know, pay for yeah. grad school. Mm-hmm. And also like, I didn't want really the big headache of a big corporate mm-hmm. type of job while being in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm getting my, my master's in counseling. So. Nice. Oh my gosh, twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like her and uh, Sam should start a like nanny corporation thing. Cause Sam does that full time too. I you gotta meet Sam. I've I think been you would told, like our friend Sam. I've been told <laughs> yeah. to start like a, yeah, like a business. Um, it's funny, actually. I just got done um, organizing the kiddo's mom's closet yeah. for her. Oh, wow. And I'm like... So interior designer. I mean, and just, right? you know, I'm just all over the place. So <laughs> hi, I'm Lily, and I do a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, my That's gosh. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start it off, Juju? <laughs> <laughs> She's throwing it back to me now. <laughs> All right. So we'll just get started with like, how have you been feeling during this season being like just being a yoga teacher and all the pivots that the studio has had to make? um, And then just like maybe how that affects any other areas of your life. Yeah. I mean, um, to be honest, I feel like I'm very much on the fortunate end Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. pandemic. It has not affected me um, in ways that I know has affected, um, a lot of people. I have a roof over my head and Mm -hmm. I'm eating and there's income and, um, sure that shifted, you know, I did have to, um, go on unemployment there for, um, a couple of months Mm -hmm. and it was, um, it was just, um, a speed bump, if you will. Um, but I think the most stressful part um, for me has been, um, immigration stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah. I'm a, I'm a DACA person. So I, I moved here from Canada in 2006. 
2007. And I've been under the Deferred Action Childhood Arrival, um, whatever you want to call it. You know, I've been under that (laughs) umbrella for for several, since 2012. Wow. Um, So this pandemic has made that part of my life very stressful in Mm -hmm. terms of, um, you know, how is the renewal process going to go, stuff like that. Um, and then in terms of yoga, yeah, it's, you know, yogic is my home yeah. and that's so yogic is a small, um, yeah, studio, same yeah. name as Catherine where mm-hmm. I teach and it's just, you know, I feel it's my home yeah. and if anything yeah. happens to yogic, I, yogic is a big, big tie to mm-hmm. Chicago yeah, for me for sure. um, and it, it's been such a healing space for me. And it's, it's one of those places where I go and the minute I walk through the door, I just, ah, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. so, um, so it, it's been difficult, mm-hmm. but I will say that I'm on the more fortunate yeah, end. Um, teaching virtually is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, some days I prefer it actually, but I mm-hmm. really do miss teaching yeah. in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good. So you mentioned you're in school for counseling. How is that? So how does yoga counseling just anything that you're passionate about tie into your end game? Like, what is your goal? Do you know it? Do you, is it in sight? Yeah. What are you feeling with that? Yeah, I mean, it's all about mind, body, mind, body stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So the yoga is the, the body and then the mind is, is the counseling. And I mean, mm-hmm. my end goal is to, I want to help um, young girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to help young adolescent girls. I remember, you know, when I was a teenage girl, it was so like, you know, my, my voice wasn't necessarily... Um, encouraged and it wasn't Mm -hmm. discouraged either but but a lot of times with teenagers I feel like they get pushed Mm -hmm. to the side and they're like or they're just hormonal or like don't listen to them but um teenagers actually have a lot of juice Mm. to give Mm -hmm. their narratives are um they're very fruitful and I want to work to empower young um Mm -hmm. young women and I want to be I want to be a a place where you know young girls can go and Mm -hmm. Um, get some get some therapy get some counseling have someone to talk to like let's you know rational like rationalize certain stuff yeah yeah that's great I love that and I love that you said yogic is it's like your healing space Mm -hmm. like you know when you walk in you can really like you can take an exhale and it's so funny because it's like that's what yoga is about and then like Gerard and Jesus have just done such a good job of like making that space like that like they embody it Mm -hmm. absolutely and so can you just kind of talk about like when you found that space where where were you at how -hmm. did it become a healing space for you yeah um well when I found yogic I was living across the street Mm -mm. and um and I saw that they were building a yoga studio and I was um with my ex-boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. and he pointed it out and he said he said, look, there's a yoga studio opening up right there. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm. Um, and I remember Jesus and Gerard weren't, it was still building. Yeah. So they weren't there, but the contractors were there. Mm. And so, like, almost every day I would pop in there like, are they here? <laughs> are, the owner, you know, are the owners here? I want to meet them. I want to. And I was so anxious for this studio to open because I had been practicing at other yoga studios before mm-hmm. and I just did not like the 
super mega corporate Mm -hmm. yoga Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. It was very, it's hard for me to be in a yoga space and be on the surface with people. It's so important for me to, I want to connect with people, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I live off of, you know, I really do. And, um, and so I, I wasn't able to find that with other yoga yeah. studios. In fact, I found quite the opposite. I found a lot of gossip, mm-hmm. a lot of locker room gossip, a lot of a lot of judgment towards mm-hmm. teachers, wow. a lot of. And I was like, what is this? Where am I? Like, I'm not here to do this. I'm here to like heal and, right. and make real friends and, and find good people. And so when I got to yogic, I, you know, I finally met Gerard and Jesus. And it was so funny because when they met me, they were like this girl, you know, we've heard so much about her. The, kind of, <laughs> the one that always rides by on her bike. <laughs> right. I was like, like harassing them, you know, for, <laughs> and, um, and I, and I got to yogic and really Jesus did it for me. Um, Jesus's guidance and mentorship mm-hmm. and transparency yeah. and mm-hmm. honesty mm-hmm. and openness. Just, he was everything that all of those other yoga studios like mm-hmm. were in a yeah. bad way to me. Mm. Um, so he, I don't know if I just said that right, but. No, um, it makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> he, yeah. So, and then, and then, you know, I, just them two together and, and, and I started practicing at yogic. I started practicing and um, I was introduced to Baptiste. I, I mean, I, I oh, had, wow. I, I didn't know that it was um, uh, a methodology that was taught mm-hmm. like yeah. in yoga studios um, so I was introduced to Baptiste and I fell absolutely in love and I got very strong, mm-hmm. um, physically, you know, I remember like Jesus would keep us in like a push up for like, I mean, what felt oh like 15 goodness. minutes, yes. you know, like, <laughs> so, that's a specialty. Mm-hmm. So I got very, like very strong physically and I absolutely loved the community. And one of the things I loved the most was, um, the people mm-hmm. there were men, women, young girls, old girls, like people of different races, people of just, Mm -hmm. it was such a dive. It wasn't just your typical Westernized Mm -hmm. yogi. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a lot of different people that walked, that still walked through that door. And so that was kind of um, the biggest thing that attracted me to yogic. And Mm -hmm. it became a healing space because I got to meet some down people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I met some, and I still do, I meet some cool, cool people who are not on the, um, let me use my words carefully here, um, <laughs> who are a little bit more authentic and down yeah. to earth. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, I think with the, with being in the city, sometimes I think you can get a good flair of, of pretentiousness mm-hmm. and that can sometimes make me feel really lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yogic really is just the best. <laughs> and something I always say to people when they, like when we talk about different teachers, like different classes, I'm like, Lily is going to kick your mm. And Lily does it in a way that's like you, she holds you accountable. And that is like, that's your strength as a teacher mm. is that you push us, but you, you push us in a way that we're like, like, not that we're mad at you for holding a mm-hmm. pose, but like, we want to get through it because like, you believe that we can. Yes. That's the only reason I take a class on a Monday. Yeah. I would tell Catherine. He's like, I'll take Lily's class, your <laughs> class, maybe Jesus's class. <laughs> if I'm feeling really Sorry, good. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but that's real. That's your strength is right. like, you hold us accountable and you push us. So talk about why accountability is so important for you. 
and not just in the yoga mm. space either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, accountability and ownership. I think I was talking to you guys about this um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were mm-hmm. talking about vulnerability. And I was honest with you guys. And I was like, I feel like vulnerability is just becoming this word <clears throat> that everybody's... It's a buzzword, yeah. Buzzword, <laughs> right, that everybody's kind of using. Um, and it kind of hit me, you know, and I, I sat with myself one day and I was like, I was dealing with with some of my own, you know, issues. Mm-hmm. And I pinned it down and I was like, what is it? You know, What is it? What's missing um, regarding this issue? Um, which I'll open up about Um but I was like, it's accountability. Yeah. Mm. Accountability is huge for me and ownership. Mm-hmm. Because I think as human beings in the yoga space, for example, we can choose to um, stay stuck in certain places. Mm. Right. Right. Even in a pose. Right. If you think about a yoga pose and you're like, this is as far as my body's going to go. Yeah. And you stop yourself and that's where you are. Okay, like hold yourself accountable Mm -hmm. for a minute. Hold yourself accountable. What are you not doing? Mm -hmm. If you're just going to stay and this is my limit and this is as far as I'm going to go and this is I'm I'm fine right here. It's like, no, hold yourself accountable. Know that you can use the tools inside of you to allow yourself to go deeper in a pose. Mm -hmm. And you can, man. It's like if you just do it, you know, mm-hmm. if you just like put that belly in and take a big breath in, like you'll be able to let, if you just let your body do it, then you'll be able to. And so, and in real life, um, I think if I apply that to, to a real world example, I think that human beings, you know, we can be very, complex Mm -hmm. right when it comes to ourselves when it comes to our relationships with people and there is no such thing as a perfect human being it Mm -hmm. just doesn't exist where in your life do you hold yourself accountable like when you mess up when you mess up and when you make a mistake Mm -hmm. when you hurt yourself when you don't let yourself go deeper Mm -hmm. when you hurt another person Mm -hmm. where where do you surrender and say I fucked up mm-hmm. I fucked up and this is what I have to do to make it right yeah mm-hmm. to serve justice mm-hmm. so yeah I, I really I believe in accountability a mm-hmm. lot I mm-hmm. think it's really important <laughs> <laughs> and go back a little bit with that like you you know you talked about the issue you were dealing with and kind of what brought this like this need for accountability up in your life like yeah. talk about mm-hmm. where you've fallen short, what you've been walking through mm-hmm. that has made that kind of light up for you as something that you require of yourself and other people. Yeah, I've I've fallen short, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in my um, self-worth. Right? And and um I've I've struggled with holding myself up mm. to a certain standard mm-hmm. that I know I'm worth, mm. right? And so when I fall short on my self-worth, I end up in very toxic relationships with um, significant others. Mm-hmm. And most recently in, in my life, I, you know, in my last relationship, um, it lasted for about, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half, mm-hmm. about a year and a half to two years. And it was on and off. It was on and off. So from 2017 till 
2019. We were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of verbal abuse. There was a lot of psychological abuse and a lot of emotional abuse between um, myself and this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, in abusive relationships, it, it takes two Mm-hmm. to create a toxic relationship. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that both people are like, Rah! like mm-hmm. just being toxic to each other. Um, maybe one person is more on the victim side, mm-hmm. right? Maybe one person is a little bit more of a doormat that allows kind of the abuse to, mm-hmm. to happen. And then the other person's maybe a little bit more of like a perpetrator, right? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up in a situation like that for about a year and a half. And, um, and I allowed... I allowed it to happen because I loved that person mm-hmm. very much, mm-hmm. very, very much. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was the the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, what what's been hard for me, you know, and 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 now we, we you know, we've been apart for for almost a year now, and yeah. um, maybe a little bit longer. <clears throat> and what's been difficult in terms of that whole thing is that that person, you know, he never, yeah, he never held himself accountable mm-hmm. for all of the abuse that I had to withstand in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I see it is shit happens, life happens. Mm-hmm. We treat ourselves, other people, like shit sometimes mm-hmm. it it's just the human experience yeah. right but at the end of the day at the end of the day are you able to surrender to look another human being in the eye to look at yourself in the eye first man to be honest with you like mm-hmm. that's sort of what it is right if you can look at yourself know your faults know where you're falling short mm. then you can hold yourself accountable and mm-hmm. heal and mm-hmm. allow the other person to heal too yeah. i was left mm. i was just dumped you know, mm-hmm. um, not not literally, but mm-hmm. um, emotionally, that's yeah. how I felt. Because this person didn't hold himself accountable for the things that he had done in our relationship, he kind of just like, he. it was easier for him to make me out to be something that I wasn't. Yeah. And he did that to me constantly, mm-hmm. constantly, constantly to where I believed it. Wow. I believed that I was a horrible, horrible, horrible person. And I walked Chicago by myself with so much fear, yeah. so much darkness mm-hmm. on my shoulders. You know, I'm on the bus and I'm, and I, and I cry and I don't mm-hmm. know why. And, you know, and, and, and so one day that, that moment hit where I was like, what is it, Lily? Why can't you move on from this guy? What is it? What, what's, what the is it? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's the fact that he never gave me that closure. Mm. He ne- he never sincerely looked me in the eye and sincerely apologized for how awful he was to me, for how we were awful to each other. There was no nothing, mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind now today, I look at that person mentally mm-hmm. and I go, you're incapable of holding ownership. Mm. Mm. You walk around doing and saying mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want Mm-hmm. And you hurt people. Yeah. You hurt people and you don't apologize for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. He did send me a letter one day though, an apology. And it, you know, it was followed up by, mm. by 
can I get those concert tickets? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So wow. he did apologize. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But it was followed up by something mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. So mm-hmm. no. So so a question <coughs> popped up in my head, and <coughs> you said that you didn't receive really any closure. But from the year that you've been out of this and and been healing in your own way, because I know when we first talked about it, you've done a lot of soul searching, spiritual searching, things that you know, counseling, all these things that have been healing you in different ways. Do you feel at any point at all that, like, who cares anymore? Uh, like, uh, not not in that way, but, like, in your mind, like, you telling yourself, like, who cares about what his closure means? Because if he couldn't treat me like a human being or respect me enough to treat me that way or the way that I feel like I need to be treated as, as a woman or just as uh, somebody that is lo- supposed to be loved by this other person... Where is the point for you that says, you know what? I'm better than whatever closure he can give me. Whatever's ahead of me is better than whatever closure he can give me that I can't give myself. Mm-hmm. Does that ever pop up in your mind at all? Now it does. <laughs> <laughs> now I, it does. Yeah. When you're coming from a place of when you fall short in mm. your self-worth, yeah. you don't, I've never looked at myself as... Um, yeah, as worthy and mm. valuable. And I think that that kind of treatment, mm-hmm. I, I deserve it. Yeah. I d- it, not that I deserve it. Um, that that's what I'm worth. Yeah. Mm. I'm worth being in an abusive, oh, in a, oh, in a, in yeah. a, in a psychologically, emotionally and verbally abuse, abusive relationship. Mm. And that's what you believed. Believed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to make sure you yes, don't sir. believe that. No. no, but but my other question with that is, you know, when you when you look back at everything and where you are now, you know, does it ever like did you always need somebody to tell you how good you were? No. Mm-mm. No. Do you get what I I mean by that? Like did you like, was it worth everything that anybody was saying to you for you to feel good about yourself? Um, no. Mm-mm. I didn't need, I didn't need validation. Mm. I didn't need validation from other people. It, well, to be honest, mm-hmm. it, it all goes down to my childhood, Julian. Mm. Yeah. So my dad, my I dad. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So my dad was just this he wasn't present in my life Mm. at all. Mm. Um, He was, but he, my dad was big into the nightlife. Mm -hmm. So have every one of my relationships, every man Mm -hmm. I've ever dated Mm. has also been very much about the nightlife. I love the nightlife, Mm -hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Um, But my dad wasn't present. He would only come home late at night after being out with Mm. his friends, partying, and he was a musician. And so, you know, he lived that life. Mm Um, and I was I was manipulated a lot as wow. a child. Wow. My mom and my dad were, it was a very nasty divorce. And during, um, when I would spend time with my dad, he would sit there and manipulate me to believe that my mother was a horrible woman mm. and that I'm his daughter. Mm. And he would point out physical aspects. I mean, we really did do look a lot alike. <laughs> um, but he would, you know, and I was, I was what, five, six years old. And he wow. would point and he would say, see here, you're my daughter because this is me. Wow. And this is me. And this wow. is me. And your mother 
is, is a horrible woman and wow. you're my daughter, you know? Um, and then I stopped seeing my dad until, until I was about seven. Um, after age seven, I, I made the decision that I didn't want to see my dad anymore. Which is a big decision oh, to make yeah. for a seven-year-old. <laughs> right. yeah. Yes, yes. Wow. Um, and and I won't dive, you know, into yeah. mm-hmm. all of that. But I think as a kid, I was I was fine without my dad. Mm-hmm. I never felt my dad's absence. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times with kids who get divorced. They miss, they, they feel the gap. Mm-hmm. Of, and I never felt my dad's gap. I, I was very, very loved by mm-hmm. my mom and my grandparents and my, um, my three aunties. Mm-hmm. And so they made up. Yeah. They made up yeah. for everything, you know. Um, but growing up, from age, you know, from the time I was born till I was seven years old, I watched my mother and my father every weekend battle and I would get mm. stuck in the middle. Mm. So physical violence was also a big thing. So I would get stuck in the middle of them mm. pushing and shoving and pushing and shoving. Um, a lot of cops were called. I remember a lot of police. I remember a lot of like my mom taking me and running, you know, so wow. just a lot of that stuff. But the point that I'm trying to make is I never felt my father's absence, mm. but what I decided to do or how the divorce manifested into my life is mentally. I've always wanted to believe that my father is a good man Mm -hmm. and and he's a good person Mm -hmm. and if he could just love me and if he could see the love inside of me Mm -hmm. um he'll stop he'll stop Mm -hmm. being a dick Mm -hmm. and he'll stop (laughs) partying and he'll stop you know um he'll realize how amazing I am and how worth worthy Mm -hmm. I am and he'll he'll come to me he'll come back to me he'll look at me and say what, what you're seven you don't mm-hmm. you don't get to make decisions here I'm wow. gonna I'm gonna keep seeing you mm-hmm. wow. um and that parallels with every mm. single man I've dated in my life mm. every man I've ever dated has been very um just you know has not fought for you yes right right the way that you need to be fought for yes yeah Mm. And I think to myself, I love you so much Mm. and you're going to see how much I love you Mm -hmm. that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fight for me Mm. and you're going to fight for us and you're going to make this work. So in a lot of ways, I'm trying to rewrite my past. Mm. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to rewrite what I, what I couldn't accomplish with my dad. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's good. That's good. I just, like, because as you're talking, those are the things that just come up, and I feel like, you know, when you were mentioning before just about all the things that you've done to change this past year, Mm -hmm. just the shifts that you're encountering, Mm -hmm. you know, what do those mean for you right now? What are... What are any thoughts around it? What are damaging thoughts around it? What are the things that you, because we're going to get to the, we're going to get to the positive things that you tell (laughs) yourself, but what were you telling yourself for people that are going through the same thing? Like, what are those damaging thoughts that surrounded you every day? You said there was a cloud over you every day. Mm -hmm. What were the things you were thinking? The abuse was so intense 
that I believed all of the things that he either said to me or, or, or things that he felt about me, mm. I believed. So in that relationship, you know, we were, I wanted him to, yeah, fight for our mm. relationship and he failed or, or not failed, but he, he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would break up, get back together, break up, get back together. And, you know, he would manipulate me <laughs> and he would um, say things to me, use certain words and be very insulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would leave it, like we would break up and he would not hold himself accountable. Mm-hmm. There would be no apology, no ownership. And then I would just be left, right, in the world. Mm-hmm. But what would happen is I would believe all those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would, ins- he would, s- and like, that's why it's just so important to be kind to each other, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, you can't just like do and say whatever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know how that other person is going to internalize all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely. And so I held everything in and I, and I, and it was like the worst winner of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. It was really dark. Yeah. It was really, really dark. Mm-hmm. I just wanted him to love me. Yeah. What were some of the things that he would say to you if you're, you know, if you're willing to share just so people who are thinking like, I'm not sure if this is where I'm at. I'm not sure if it's crossed that line. What is crossing the line? Yeah. Um, so in terms of manipulation, mm-hmm. he would, <laughs> there was this, so, you know, we started dating and we were together for four months and for about six to seven, maybe eight months after we had broken up, um, he left, uh-huh. he left the state, he went somewhere else and then he came back. And during, during that time when we weren't together, um, we, there was no contact, uh-huh. there was no contact. I'd moved on. Uh-huh. I still loved him very much. Mm-hmm. I hadn't healed from the breakup, yeah. but I was ready to just put it behind me. Um, and then he came back. He came back to Chicago, and there was one week, and I had been seeing someone. Mm-hmm. I had been seeing someone. Um, he was this guy that I met through the yoga community, and he was really sweet, mm-hmm. very, very nice kid. Um, and he liked me very, very much. But mm-hmm. I... and I still feel so bad, but I couldn't get myself to really um, take that guy seriously because my heart still belonged Mm. with my ex very much Mm -hmm. so. And so there was about a week where, um, so my ex came back, he came back and he contacted me. And of course, right away, I jumped at the opportunity of contacting him back. I was so excited. I missed him so much. And, um, and he came back and, and that week for one week, we were, we were hanging out like, you know, like, uh, like nothing had ever happened. We were so excited. I remember it was, it was a great, great week. Like it was really nice Mm -hmm. seeing him and just being back in it. Um, and he found out that I was, um, seeing somebody else. Mm. And he said to me, and this is obviously one example out of like a million, right? (laughs) But this is the one that I remember the most. And the one that 
st- stands out the most. Um, but he said to me, if you don't, if you don't text him and tell him that you're of what you're doing, of playing both of us, mm. um, I'm going to text him myself. And if you don't do it or something like that, you know, then I'm going to kill mm. myself. So I was put in a position of, okay, well, (laughs) this kid's life depends Mm -hmm. on whether I text this person or not. Mm -hmm. My integrity depends on whether I text this person or not. And what the audacity Mm. that you came back, you came back, you didn't have a conversation with me Mm. about, hey, Lil, I've been gone. (laughs) This is the soul searching I've been doing. Do I have permission to enter your life Mm -hmm. again? And can we do this together? No, 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 no. None of that. Mm-hmm. He just came and squatted. Squatted on my life. Mm. Didn't like what he saw. Manipulated the situation and put me in a position of, of, of doing something that I today would just smack a person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they asked me to do something like that. <laughs> so that, you know, that was just one example. And then, and then there would be other instances where, you know, we would get into like arguments or fights or whatever. Or, and I would actually, we wouldn't even get into arguments and fights. Like we actually fought very little. The majority of my relationship, I was unhappy. Mm. Mm. So a lot of the time I would sit down with him and be like, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Something isn't working for me. Like I need to talk to you. And when I would sit down with him and talk to him, um, much like in the way that I'm talking to mm-hmm. you guys right now, um, like an adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> he would, um, he would say things like, um, you're just trying to be a therapist Mm -hmm. and I'm not one of your clients. Don't talk to me like that. Mm. Talk to you like what? I'm trying to open up to you. I'm trying to tell you where things aren't working for me in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And instead of listening and instead of wanting to make this work, you Mm -hmm. fought me. You fought me all the time. Mm. He fought me. Mm. And you were saying uh, before we started recording that, he didn't let you or when you did flourish when you were doing good he didn't like it like he would act out in a way and what does that do for somebody who is just relationship aside like in your own personal life you're trying to move on you know, you're trying to develop as a person, you're trying to develop in, in whatever way of life you are aside from the relationship, but somebody that you love cannot be happy for you or puts up, a, you know, just acts out. Like, what mm-hmm. does that do for you? Like, is that mental, emotional? Like, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when you are trying to thrive and move on in your life and when your partner is not holding your hand and walking that path with you, it makes you feel like you are suffocating mm. and it makes you feel like you are doing the work of two people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other person is missing. The other person is not there mentally, nor is he there physically. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. So you're walking the path alone. Mm-hmm. And especially, it's funny that you say that, and it's funny that I'm using this, this uh, 
the, the walking the path because when mm-hmm. I when I moved to Chicago, um, he had already he had been living here. Mm. So I moved here and he was so excited for me to move here and, and so was I. You know, we were we weren't dating, we were just friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember before I even moved, you know, I was showing him um, apartments that I had found that, you know, I was like, I'm like, I'm coming, you know, I'm so excited mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and I remember he would say, I'm so excited to start this journey with you. Wow. I'm so excited to be on this path with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I believe that the kid did want it. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that he was so excited, mm-hmm. but you can't do anything if you can't hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. for your actions yeah. toward yourself. Yeah. And let alone toward another person. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's hard to walk a path thinking that your partner is there, Mm. but really they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or hold yourself back to, to make them feel like they're fitting in somehow, Mm -hmm. even when they are the ones that are fighting to fit in. They don't want to fit in. Mm -hmm. They want to do what they want to do. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I doing okay with you on that yes. part? <laughs> You're good, babe. <laughs> um, where are you at in terms of forgiveness with him and with yourself? God, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> so after, um, after we, our last interaction was um, like about a year ago. Um, and since then, I immediately went to uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was like, I can't do this alone anymore. I need, I need help. I need help to heal. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, forgiveness was a big, big, big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. It all started with really, um, I needed to learn to deal with losing him. Mm-hmm. So, Part of that was to accept who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to learn that was step one is accept that this person that I loved had a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one was acceptance. Mm-hmm. And then two was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can I forgive this person? Yeah. Can I forgive myself Mm -hmm. and three is moving on and four is letting go Mm. it sounds so easy when you just line it up like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) right well you're 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 you know you're grieving a relationship yeah yeah and i don't know if those are the exact steps right to like just grief in general but i mean like they say grief grief is so vast like there's so many ways it can show up and for you to even take that first step knowing you couldn't do it alone, like that's a huge step that I just want to give you like applaud for. Thank you. So I think it's that. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? No. <laughs> Thank you. But no, but honestly, like, like from a personal story for me, like I went through something similar where there was no closure and it's been... I was about 22. I'm 29 now, so that gives you a little context. Like, it's been a long time with literally no closure. And me going through, I wasn't perfect in it either, in that relationship I was in. 
but it was a person and I've showed Catherine and I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I've showed Catherine like a message that I received saying that I wouldn't be where I was when I got to uh, college or did anything. I wouldn't be who I am or what I was at that time. If it wasn't for that person, I wouldn't even be at the college if it wasn't for that person. Mm -hmm. So for somebody to say that and then to wake up one day and literally say, I woke up and the Lord told me we're not supposed to be together. You know what I mean? Like, I trust the Lord, like, you know, as being in faith, but it's like the way that happened was that was not enough closure for me, but I had to learn how to do it. But the first thing that I did was honestly, like, learn what a relationship should look like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Learn how to navigate being in a relationship. Well, who who am I supposed to be first in the relationship? How can I be the right person for the right person? So you taking that step to know like you needed to heal to be self-aware in that way and then go and do it. There's a lot of people to this day that know they need healing that aren't doing anything Mm -hmm. about it. And I just like that hurts to, to feel that because I know where I was. And if I didn't do anything or if you didn't do anything, like you'd probably still be walking these blocks, riding these trains with a cloud over you. And some days it might still feel that way because that's life. Mm -hmm. We all feel that. (laughs) We all get those calls we don't want to hear or, you know, things we get kind of pulled into. But it's just being that self-aware to look out for yourself. Like that's a form of self-care. And that's, I just give you applaud for that. Thank you. And it, you know, it wasn't easy. No. It wasn't easy because when you're being abused Mm -hmm. and when you are in a dark cloud for a long time, the thought. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't just wake up one day like, I got to oh, heal now. No, you know, right, it, no. it wasn't. It, it, There's it, some dark days in the room for right. sure. <laughs> it's so difficult. It's so, di- because when you think you're deserving mm-hmm. of that and when you, mm. when you are in that really yeah. dark place, either with the person or without, mm. um, yeah. I, and you know, and, and Catherine, I think I was telling you this. I, I, we're both of you. That's where, you know, I found yogic. Like mm-hmm. I, I yeah. started indulging myself in my yoga practice. Wow. Right. And well, that was, that, that was step one. Mm-hmm. Therapy came after step one was like, okay, let's, let's do yoga because that's going to just like fix everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I wish. <laughs> right. And I started going to daily, daily, sometimes twice a day. I mean, wow. I, I, I was practicing like a maniac and I would do these yoga classes and I would feel really great, but then I would go home and cry. Mm. Because I, that was, I mean, looking in retrospect, um, I, I was coming out of so much, mm-hmm. I was coming out of so much crap. Mm. And when I would experience um, happiness, I would be like, mm. like, I don't know if I deserve mm. this. Mm. I don't know if this is how this is supposed to feel. Mm. So I'd go back, I'd go back and get into my bed and be in my cocoon and cry wow. because that was, yeah. that was a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. <sighs> But luckily, you know, with time, Mm. staying consistent, staying Mm -hmm. consistent and fighting through that. Yes. Fighting through that was huge. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the therapy came and then I said, okay, okay, now it's time to really mentally and psychologically break, break all of Mm -hmm. this up. I, I needed to be ready to allow myself to heal. Mm -hmm. I needed to want to heal. And I, and I did, I, I wanted it big time. Wow. And and there were moments where I was definitely like, I, I don't know if I can change my narrative. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can rewrite my story. Wow. I don't know if I'm just bound 
to what happened to me as a child. Mm. Um, um, and, and if, and if because of that, I date a certain type of guy and that's my life, mm -hmm. you know, I, a lot of times I really believed that, you know, I, that's, there's mm -hmm. no other way for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I just like, when you talk about like, I went to class and then I'd go home and cry and I would go through that cycle every day, sometimes twice a day. It's like this vision I have in my head is just like of you like pushing against this wall and like you, no matter how how high that wall is, how big it is, how much it's pushing back on you, like you still continue to push against it. Mm -hmm. And like it can be so hard when you are starting like I hate to use the healing journey, but like <laughs> for lack of better words, like <laughs> your healing journey and you're like no one tells you that it's it's going to be hard. It's not an uphill thing. It's a roller coaster thing. And it's a fight. And like, it's a fight every day. Sometimes it's a fight to get out of bed. Sometimes it's a fight to, to brush your teeth, yeah. take a shower. Like sometimes it, it is like those, the simplest things mm -hmm. can be the hardest things, mm -hmm. but like you chose to keep fighting and that's just like it's perseverance right there. That's and that's what like that's what you emanate. Like it's not just you don't I never knew this about you. Like I never mm -hmm. knew that this is what you've gone through. But I could feel that from you that you were a fighter and mm -hmm. you had a strength in you and you are a bad <laughs> and like that's like that's what it takes to be able to to go through this. Cause therapy is hard, yoga's hard, all of it's hard. Facing yourself is hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. Facing what's facing your life and like what someone has has put you through, how you contribute it, like it's yeah. so hard. It is really hard to face yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. you just said it. To face yourself and to really look, how did I end up here? Mm -hmm. Is this where I want to continue being? Mm -hmm. And if it is, good for you. Mm -hmm. I don't encourage it at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I encourage perseverance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I encourage you to get that self-worth. Yeah. Do it. Do it. And wow. in those times where you, you know, you kept fighting, but there were those moments of hopelessness or just, is this going to be it forever? Like, what was the true north that kept you pushing? is that I knew it was all going to be temporary. Mm. Mm. I kept telling myself that. It's not going to be forever. Mm -hmm. It's just temporary. Mm. And I would give myself permission to feel sad and cry. Mm. I wasn't fighting it. And I learned a lot about myself in that process. Mm -hmm. I learned that depression is something that I have to be very mindful of in my mm. life. Yeah. That, that level of, of sadness was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, what, what, and you know, I'm talking like, I'm not just talking like I woke, you know, I'd wake up every once in a while. I'm talking like yeah. very, you know, um, debilitating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I can't move. Yeah. You know? Fair, fair yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and I learned that about myself and, and, and this year I also learned that my, my grandmother was, was, was very heavily depressed mm. before she passed away. Mm. And so there's been a lot to mm -hmm. learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm not willing to risk getting into another abusive, unhealthy, mm. toxic 
relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Moving forward, what do you require of yourself and your partner? Um, oh, gosh. So I'm dating. Very oh. much so. Oh, my gosh. Very, I'm nice. not dating anyone, but but I'm definitely, like, I'm going on dates. Yeah, like I'm, you yeah. know, and, and, and um, I'm definitely. You're opening yourself up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, moving forward, it's like. I'm just having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And relationships to me have always meant violence, mm. toxicity. I mean, you know, I watched my mother and my father. Mm-hmm. That's right. how I grew up. That's my comfort. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, I decided and I have chosen to, let me try this other thing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me hang out with someone that I would never even give a chance to mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And at first, I will say, at first, and I'm going to be completely vulnerable, like, I'd be like, ew, gross. Mm-hmm. Ew, no. Like, <laughs> that. That is that a healthy relationship? They're probably so miserable. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would tell myself, yeah. you know? But now I... When I meet somebody, Mm -hmm. I go in with a fully open heart Mm. and I go in wanting to to learn about this person Mm -hmm. and just like have fun and say yes to somebody that I would normally say no to. Mm. And it's been so much fun. It's been great. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, you're opening yourself up to the possibility of somebody that is going to fight for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's great. Mm-hmm. And a year ago, if we would have had this conversation, we wouldn't be having I know. this yeah. conversation. <laughs> You'd be like, ew, gross. No, <laughs> podcast, no. Yeah. But I would say, yeah. honestly, I like. I want to encourage you to like somehow do more of this stuff because you have the voice for it. Oh. Like seriously, yeah. right? Are you, you do. You like have that voice that's like like radio quality where like your message. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, your message can really get out there. But I... I say that because I feel like if you really look at it, and maybe you haven't even noticed this, but like you mentioned before at the very beginning that you, is he crying? I don't know. I thought I, um, I, thought I heard him. It's probably out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned before that you want to help like younger girls. Yeah. But see, you had to go through some fire first mm-hmm. before you can speak life into them. You know, so I just I, I really want to encourage you to to stick with that dream. And one other thing, if I may, and you can take this however you want, but <laughs> oh I just well, I'm just saying I think a lot of what I've been hearing is and you've probably learned this through through your year of healing is setting up those boundaries, setting up boundaries, um, because that's going to be really important going forward, because I will tell you and you already know this, that the the higher you get, the, the, the I've heard this from a, a sermon that I listened to is that your, ch- your reward for a challenge is just another challenge. Mm. And the higher you elevate yourself, the more people are just going to try to stop you. Yeah. Mm. So you might not have spoken and, and, um, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen this way, but you might not have spoken to somebody in a certain year or somebody else or whatever. But the the higher you get in your life and the more you elevate becoming the person that you are created to be, people are going to want to stop that. So just 
know that you have the will and the power to put boundaries in place. Definitely. Mm. And you don't, you do not need to allow people into your life that are not going to speak life into you. Thank you. Yeah. I like so that that's, a lot. that's my, little, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. actually a funny story is how, like him how saying, she fell in love with me. <laughs> like him <laughs> saying pretty much like the exact same thing. Like if you know, yeah, what you want for your life mm-hmm. and like the kind of people that support that, mm-hmm. then, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like pretty much is what he said yeah. to me. Right. And you know, now that you say, now that you bring up accountability, it's like he was holding me accountable mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful to have that in a partner that is like hey you're not living up to what mm-hmm. I know you can yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's so important when we when we are in an accountable relationship we we're holding ourselves accountable yeah. but we also hold the other mm-hmm. person other accountable, accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but you need to be with mm-hmm. somebody who wants that Mm -hmm. yes and it doesn't stop there that (laughs) goes to your friendships you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i consider you a friend you're on our podcast i've been taking (laughs) your classes i've been allowing you to to make me be in pain every class (laughs) um but that's the one thing that it's like if you can take that level of just fight that you have for yourself Mm -hmm. and put that in your relationship without allowing somebody to totally like just squat again on your life you know and that's anybody that enters a friend a a parent uh you know anyone Mm -hmm. um I think that like the the one thing that just sticks out in my mind is I remember when we were doing one of your classes and there was one pose I think honestly it was um uh what am I the Malasana, what is, why am I Oh, Crow? Crow, yeah, well, I don't know why I'm forgetting it. Uh, you remembered so, Malasana, but yeah, not, but not Crow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like yogi squats, so I remember things I don't like. <laughs> but no, it was that, and it's just like, you're like, come on, Julian, like, you tr- just try it so you know that you, you, can, you can try mm-hmm. it. Try it so you know that you can do it. And ever since then, it's like, I've been doing it, popping right back into... Uh, <laughs> I forget the other one now, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah. popping right back, back into Chaturanga. You know, Chaturanga. There we go. I don't know why I'm blanking right now, but I say that to say that like you have a fire in you that you already know, like you're going to keep elevating. Mm-hmm. Don't allow yourself to go backwards. Yes. That's, I think that's a key for all of us is that once you taste like where you can be, you have to do everything to protect not going backwards. Absolutely. Mm. You know, and and I think for you, I just my biggest thing is like continue to to put those boundaries in place because I think you're in a great place right now. And even to be here and open up um, you and whoever listens to this that is going through that, like you did a heroic thing today. Yeah, thank you. Like that's the way that you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Is like it might seem like you're we're just in Catherine's living room, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like drinking some coffee and some kombucha and whatever. But like you are performing an act of heroism today. Thank you. Yeah, it so. definitely feels that yeah. way, and yeah. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm yeah. grateful that you guys, you know, give give this space mm-hmm. to people. It's Absolutely, really, it's really important. Because I know more than anything when you when something feels good and it's just like you know after after this you'll probably walk back outside and then you'll be thinking about things and some of those memories and all that can flood you but just know like what you did and you left it all at this table is gonna like reach farther than you ever thought before Mm -hmm. 
then when you were in those moments in your cocoon mm-hmm. to know that your message is going to reach farther than your cocoon, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to go to somebody else's cocoon and help them break free. Mm. And that's the Woo! goal. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Mm. What top are that, top that? No, I'm yeah, just messing. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> what are some last like words of encouragement or affirmation mm-hmm. or just wisdom you would give to someone who's in mm-hmm. this situation right now mm-hmm. and they don't know the next steps? Mm. Go talk to someone mm. because if you're in a place and you don't know and you're battling with yourself mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of like you know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know if this is what this is. I don't know. If, just go talk to someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give it to a professional, mm-hmm. hand mm-hmm. it over to a professional. Let them tell you. Yeah. yeah. Let them work their way through you. Yeah. yeah. Because when you do that, things can get really mm-hmm. clear. Yeah. Things can start to be clear. For and sure. I just want to tell, you know, men and women mm-hmm. that nobody deserves to be, um, abused yeah Mm. physical Mm -hmm. verbal psychological emotional absolutely not Mm -hmm. and i think we should all hold ourselves accountable and draw the line there myself included Mm.